Thank you so much for the invitation. It's always good being back at Christ Community Church. And just before I get into the word, I want to say to a very special day in our family. Uh, my wife is here, Annette, and our daughter, Natasha. Um, not only did Natasha get engaged, but today is her birthday. Yes, you can go ahead and clap for that. And um, Natasha is in law school. And I'm sure she won't mind Dad doing a little bragging about her. Uh, first semester completed and she got straight A's. So in the future when I'm looking for a lawyer, you know who I'm going to call, right? <laughs> but we give God thanks and we give him praise just for who he is and for the gift of family. And so sing with me quickly. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Natasha. Happy birthday to you. Now, if you want to see some more pictures of... Yeah, can go ahead and clap, yes. Go on Facebook, we have a little video clip of Tasha through the years that you can watch her grow up with all of us. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, God, for the gift of birthday. Thank you, Natasha, and for her birthday. Thank you for this church. Thank you, Lord, for the way you are using this church to have an impact for your kingdom. Lord, this morning, Father, I pray that you will speak through me. Give me your words. Pray, Lord, that people will not see Huntley Brown this morning, but they'll see Jesus in everything that's said and done. And that, Father, you and you alone will be glorified and honored. And we give you thanks, praise, glory, and honor. In the mighty name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Now today we are going to talk about a very important subject. And friends, I will be honest. If you get this right, this will change your life forever. This subject is a game changer. You know, the last couple of years I've been doing a lot of marriage counseling. And many times when a couple comes to see me, after praying, the first thing we do is establish the goal. What is the goal of the session? Once the goal has been established, we know exactly what we're working towards. I know, friends, that goals are not achieved overnight. Sometimes they take days, sometimes weeks, sometimes months, sometimes years. But the key is to know what the goal is. And you might be wondering this morning, Huntley, so you talked about a very important subject. What is the goal of the sermon this morning? And friends, I am going to read it for you so you'll know the goal that we're trying to achieve. Now, I understand we might not get there today or tomorrow or next year, but this is the goal we want in all our lives. Go with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 5. 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verses 13 to 14 says, The trumpeters and musicians joined in unison to give praise and thanks to the Lord, accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments. The singers raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang, he is good. His love endures forever. 
Listen to this part. Then the temple of the Lord was filled with the cloud. And the priest could not perform their service because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the temple of God. Wow. Double wow. Friends, there are no words to describe what we just read. The people did something that attracted God and God showed up and the priest could not perform their service anymore. That is the goal of the service this morning. This is the goal we want in all our lives on a daily basis. We want God to show up. And the question is, what did they do? What did they do that attracted God, that God just showed up? I'll tell you, they worshipped. Friends, worship is a game changer. Go with me to John chapter 4. John chapter 4 verses 23 to 24 says, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and the truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. Let us reread those verses once more and unpack them just a little bit. The verses say, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers. Not everyone is a true worshipper. The scripture is saying, When the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind, underline the kind, of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. Friends, worship is one amazing word. And this word is used hundreds of times in the Bible. God sent Moses to Egypt with one message for Pharaoh. Let my people go so they may worship me. After a while, Pharaoh got the message and he tried to negotiate a deal. Listen to Exodus chapter 10 verses 11. Look, look what Pharaoh said. He said, No, have only the men go and worship the Lord, since that's what you've been asking for. Now, Pharaoh did not release the children of Israel right away, so God sent the plagues. After the final plague, listen to what Pharaoh said in Exodus chapter 12, verse 31. During the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Up! Leave my people, you and the Israelites. Go worship the Lord as you have requested. Let's go to Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 2. Matthew 2, verses 1 to 2 says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the reign of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? 
We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Verse 11. On coming to the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Friends, even the devil understands the importance of worship. When the devil tempted Jesus, look at what he said. Matthew chapter 4, verses 8 to 10. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give to you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. And look at the response from Jesus, verse 10. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. One more passage, Revelation chapter 7, verse 11. All the angels were standing around the throne, and all the elders and the four living creatures, they fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God. Worship, worship, worship. The first question we must address this morning is, what is worship? We hear the word all the time, worship, worship, worship. Yes, but what is worship? Worship is applauding God for who he is and for what he has done. Worship is an expression of love and adoration for our great God. Now, many years ago, I asked a very foolish question. Everybody say, ah. Ah, no, I feel better already. I asked a very foolish question. And my question was, why would God want us to worship him all the time? What kind of question is that? God, in his mercy, gave me an answer. And here's the answer I got. At the time, Michael Jordan was playing for the Chicago Bulls. And we had a very good team. And by the way, yeah, let me be honest, I know the Chicago Bulls are doing much better. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. From the bottom of our hearts, we thank you, you know. But for years, we suffered. For years, we struggled. But back in the day, Michael Jordan was doing some amazing things on the basketball court. Championship after championship, city was going crazy. Chrysler gave Michael a brand new car, millions of dollars. McDonald's commercials, millions of dollars. Everywhere we went, we saw posters, Michael Jordan. TV turned on, here's Michael Jordan. Millions upon millions of dollars. Michael Jordan himself said, he walked into a restaurant. And a gentleman saw him and said, Michael, I do not even want your autograph. I just want to shake your hand and say thank you for what you have done for Chicago. That's it. Everywhere Michael went, people were saying thank you. The Lord said to me, Huntley, we know we do not worship Michael Jordan or the Bulls. Yes, we understand that. But people are simply saying thank you, an expression of love to Michael. And then God was saying to me, Huntley, what have I done for you that would make you want to thank me? Make you, you want to worship me? Let me know how wonderful I've been to you. Friends, I was good to go after that. Because we serve a great, wonderful, powerful, amazing, heavenly Father. And if I started to talk about how good God has been, we would be here all day. And Mark Elstrand told me, I can only keep you until midnight. So, <coughs> just kidding. We let you out on time. But friends, 
God deserves our praise. So this morning, I'm going to give you four points about worship, and then I'm going to let you go. Point number one, worship starts with God. Worship starts with God. We did not create worship. God did, and he told us that displeased them. Listen to Isaiah 43, verse 21. The people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. That's worship. God is saying, I formed you, I created you to worship me. Listen to 1 Peter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. That is worship. God is saying, I created you to worship me. Friends, if you start worshiping God, it is going to change your life forever. Point number two. Worship is not about what we like. Worship is about what God likes. You know, I'm going to give you an example to demonstrate this point. A couple years ago, I was doing a concert in another state. And when I got there, my friend who's a pastor said to me, Huntley, we have a problem. I said, really, what's the problem? He said, well, I changed the worship format. And the people at the church, not all of them, but many, they did not like the new format, and they are protesting. Now, they did not leave the church. What they did, they came to service, and they waited outside in the foyer for the worship time to end. After the worship time ended, they walked in. That was their way of registering their displeasure and their unhappiness with the worship time. So I saw this taking place, and on the way back to the hotel that night, the Lord spoke to me. My friends, they said God spoke to me. I don't hear an audible voice. Like I said before, I don't hear, Huntley Brown, this is God speaking, you know. And we know God speaks Jamaican. You guys know that, right? But, you know, I don't hear an audible voice. I hear it internally. And the Lord was speaking to me about worship. And the Lord said, Huntley, the people on the outside, they do not understand worship. So I got very quiet, tried to listen to what the Lord was trying to tell me about worship. And God gave me an example using food. And friends, I'm going to share the example with you today. Now, you all know I'm from Jamaica, and I love my Jamaican food. I'm a Jamaican people, all right? But let me tell you something about Jamaica, all right? There's a food they have in Jamaica called chocho. Any Jamaicans in the house know about chocho? If you ever, and friends, if you ever go to Jamaica and they offer you chocho, just say no. You run, run! Avoid chocho. It's this starchy food my parents used to force me to eat. I do not like chocho. And when I came to America, I discovered you guys have something called mushrooms. Lord have mercy. That's some crazy stuff, folks. If you are here and you like mushrooms, you see me afterwards, I'm going to pray and deliver you in Jesus' name. Can you imagine, friends, my wonderful wife from Barbados loves mushrooms? And you guys, you saute them, and you put onions on them. 
there is nothing good you can do with mushrooms. Same thing for chocho. But anyway, if you're coming to see me, and you say, you know what, guys? We're going to see Huntley. We're combining America and Jamaica together. Let's get him a pizza with chocho and mushrooms. I say, come on, oh guys, why? Now, suppose the next week you came back and you brought me some chocho and you sauteed the mushrooms and even put ketchup. Oh my lord, ketchup and mushrooms? That's some bad stuff. Now, if you brought that to me the next week, I'm going to say, guys, no, 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 no. Here comes the question. Suppose week after week, months after month, year after year, you keep bringing me chocho and mushrooms. I'm going to say, guys, no. I do not like chocho or mushrooms. And you know, friends, the Lord then said to me, Huntley Brown, it is the same with Worship. Huntley, worship is not about what you like. Worship is about what I like. So God is saying to all of us, if you are truly going to worship me the way I want you to worship me, first figure out the kind of worship I like and then offer it to me. Otherwise, you're simply bringing chocho and mushrooms to God. And friends, when I saw that, I said, Lord, no, it has to make sense. And God was saying to all of us, friends, I desire your worship. But you must remember, worship is not about what you like or I like. Worship is about what God likes. Point number three, worship is about your heart. To truly worship God, you must check your heart. Listen to Matthew chapter 15, verses 8 to 9. Matthew 15, verses 8 to 9 says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Now let's unpack those verses just a little bit. Jesus was quoting Isaiah and he said this, these people honor me with their lips. That's lip service. We're saying the right things, raising our hands, saying hallelujah, praise God. But the verses go on. But their hearts are far from me. Friends, listen to this troubling part. Jesus said, they worship me in vain. That means people are simply wasting their time. You see, we could be singing wonderful songs about worship. But what is our heart saying? We can be singing and praising God and have unforgiveness in our hearts. And God is saying, I reject that kind of worship. We could be singing and having unforgiveness, friends. That's a very important one today. God is saying, for me to accept your worship, you must forgive. For me to accept your worship, check your heart. You know, in the book of 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 16, God sent Samuel to anoint a new king. So Samuel goes to town, and when he gets there, he sees Eliab. And Samuel thinks to himself, wow, God, this was not bad. 
here's who you want me to anoint, I'm ready. But God said to Samuel, time out. Don't be in a hurry. Let me read to you what the Lord said to Samuel. 1 Samuel 16 verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height. For I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. How's your heart this morning? I can play the piano. I can sing. I can say praise the Lord. And it means nothing to God. If my heart is not right. So to truly worship God this morning, friends, you must check your heart. And that's why you need to pray the prayer of David in Psalm 139, verses 23 to 24, that says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. <coughs> Sorry. Now, I am going to go a step further than David right here. I'm going to go a step further than David. I am going to report myself. Have you ever reported yourself? You, you, you need to report yourself. Here's what I mean. Okay, when I was growing up in Jamaica, there are times I got in trouble. Now, you guys never get in trouble. I can tell you guys are wonderful. You never get in any kind of trouble. But for me, I was in trouble, okay? Now, when you know you're in trouble, you have a choice. You can wait for the teacher, your parents, to call you in, and you know you're in trouble. Or you can self-report. What do I mean self-report? You go into the presence of the person who's in charge and say, Okay, teacher, I did something wrong. I'm here to tell you, yes, I'm sorry, and I know what I did was wrong. Friends, we need to do that with God. We need to self-report. What do I mean? Go into God's presence and you say to God, God, I know in me there are th some things you're not going to like. I know I've had some thoughts that displeased you. I've done some things bad, God, that I want you to know that I know that you know. And I want to confess them to you. After I report myself, then I'm going to pray the prayer of David. Then I'm going to say, Lord, now search me. Know my heart. Try me and see if there's any wicked way in me. Why? Because there can be things in me I do not even know are there. There can be things inside all of us that we have no idea. So David is saying, search me, O God. Know my heart and clean me up. So friends, we need to pray that prayer this morning so that we can worship God the way God wants us to worship him. Finally, friends, point number four. Worship is not about sincerity. Even though sincerity is important. Worship is about obedience. Let me say that once more. Worship is not about sincerity. Even though sincerity is important. Worship is about obedience. And we have the, a wonderful example in the book of Samuel. Second Samuel chapter 6, verses 3 to 7 says, They set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it from the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. Uzzah and Ahio, son of Abinadab, were guiding the new cart with the ark of God on it. 
and Ahio was walking in front of it. David and the whole house of Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord, with songs, with harps, lyres, tambourines, sistrums, and cymbals. When they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah reached out and took hold of the ark of God because the oxen stumbled. The Lord's anger burned against Uzzah because of his irreverent act. Therefore, God struck him down and he died there beside the ark of God. No friends, after reading this passage, I was puzzled for a long time. I just couldn't understand what happened. And I'm asking questions. I'm saying, but Lord, the worship looked great. The musicians were playing. The singers were singing wonderful. The tambourine players were playing. <coughs> Sorry. Everything about the worship service looked wonderful. But there's a problem. And no one knew. All of a sudden, the oxen stumbled. Uzzah catches the ark and gets killed. And then one morning many years ago, I'm about to preach on this subject. And I said, the Lord asked me a question. The Lord said, Huntley, do you know why Uzzah got killed? And I said, well, no. And I said, the Lord said, so how are you going to preach about it? I said, okay, Lord, yes, you are right. God, you're right. So I had to go to research why Uzzah got killed. And I discovered why he got killed. First Chronicles 15, verses 13 to 15 says, It was because you, the Levites, did not bring it up the first time that the Lord our God broke out in anger against us. We did not inquire of him about how to do it in the prescribed way. So the priest and Levites consecrated themselves in order to bring up the ark of the Lord, the God of Israel. And the Levites carried the ark of God with the poles on their shoulders, as Moses had commanded in accordance with the word of the Lord. Friends, what happened? God said to the children of Israel, when you move the ark, a specific group of people, the Levites, are supposed to carry the ark on their shoulders with poles. God said, that is what I like when you move the ark. What did David do? David got a brand new cart. Almost like he's getting a brand new Mercedes or Lexus. That's what David did. And he's saying, man, it's a new vehicle. God is going to be pleased. And God was saying, David, no, that is what you like. David, that's chocho and mushrooms. <laughs> that's basically what God was saying. So David did not realize that when you're coming to offer worship to God, you have to worship God the way God says, worship me. And failure to do that, friends, cost Uzzah's life. So remember, sincerity is important. But God is looking for our obedience. So let me recap the points very quickly, friends. Point number one, worship starts with God. Not, not us. Point number two, worship is not about what we like. Worship is about what God likes. Point number three, worship is about your heart. Focus on your heart. And point number four, worship is about obedience. And I want to end this morning where we started. 
Because, friends, this is what we want in all our lives. Second Chronicles 5, verse 3 to 14. The trumpeters and musicians joined in unison to give praise and thanks to the Lord, accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments. The singers raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang, He is good. His love endures forever. Then the temple of the Lord was filled with the cloud. And the priest could not perform this service because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the temple of God. Shall we pray? Father, we worship you. We honor you. We love you. We glorify your name. We declare, Father, that there is no other God but you are beside you. And Father, I pray, God, that you'll be pleased with us today. And Father, God, I'm going to ask you that you'll teach us, Lord, how to worship you in a way that pleases you and honors you. And Father, I pray that as we go into this week, that, Lord, our worship will not simply be lip service. But, Father, God, I pray that our worship, Father God, would be a worship that gets your attention, that gets heaven's attention. And I give you thanks, I give you praise, give you glory, give you honor. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.